Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 306 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defia, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our, our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moswood. I can see Frontier. Yeah, I can still see Frontier Towers from here, though. Excellent. We also have um, our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Was that a, uh, supposed to be a St. Peter joke, Ben? Some what joke? A St. Peter, I can see your house from here, sort of thing. No, it's because I'm literally flying over Frontier Towers. We also have, uh, joining us um, in the Orange Sidewinder Bar, we have Mac Winston. Hello. Hello. Uh, and also we have to say hello to uh, Commander Ventura, who's doing our tech for this evening. Hello. Hello. And Commander Ventura is completely utterly not related as to why we're 12 minutes late. It was Ben's and fault. That's the truth for a change. And that is completely the truth, isn't it, Norman? You are ready and ready to rock and roll. Oh, yeah, as always. And, and it, it wasn't certain other issues like servers crashing and software licenses expiring a month before they're meant to expire and things like that. No, well, no, well yeah, I can neither confirm nor deny. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we've had the last summer bank holiday, so the nights are now drawing in, so it kind of makes sense us adopting a winter time zone at a late radio. <laughs> yeah, I must admit it's no, we're now, we start an hour later then? Yeah, we're now doing the show in the dark. We are, oh, they, God, we are. Uh, we always do this show in the dark, Colin. <laughs> yes, because it's in space. If you look outside the leaf state, uh, the sidewinder bar, yes, it's dark out there. With just no atmosphere. Outside, there's no kind of atmosphere. So, yeah. quote Holly, the space, the color of space, space's basic color is black, and the scanner scope, the basic color of the scanner scope, is black. Yeah, so it's hard to see black mm-hmm. things. <laughs> Like grit. Yes. Anyway, moving on from from that. Um, if you'd like us to join us live, we are hanging out in game. Um, oh, so are we? Well, uh, I, I am flying around Cambridge at the moment. Oh, right. So we're not actually flying around in game at the moment. Um, but um, you can join us on the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on live chat. Or just... Um, as I can see here, there are people who have joined us at twitch.tv slash Live Radio. So we'll quickly go around the team, see what they've been up to for the last week. Uh, and, uh, well, it's been a couple of weeks, really. So, Sean, how have you been? I've been very well. Um, I haven't actually played Elite very much at all because I have been playing Flight Sim 2020 with the eldest mini Shan. And uh, I came up with a new game mode for Flight Sim 2020. Right. Because, well, um, Eldest Minishan is fixated on detail in this game. You know, he's so into it. You know, every, he's, he's flown the A220, I think it is, from Heathrow to New York in real time with his friends and stuff like that. So, you know, it's... He's up there with it. So, but of course, I'm not really into the, that sim side of it. So, I, I started off having the, the trolling when I was mapping the keys, like saying, uh, "Where's the drop bombs key? 
and things like that. But then the, the, the game mode I discovered was air crash investigation. <laughs> Where where I would crash the plane into something, and then he would then try and diagnose how the crash happened. And no then, pilot error then. No 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 no, really intentional crashing. But uh, but they they say oh you didn't have a trim right or your your flaps weren't set right or you know airplanes have landing gear don't you that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the basically the Shan Gaiden how not to fly a plane. Well, that's right, but it's, what's what's fun is it winds him up when I do it wrong on purpose. So, of course, it makes it even more fun. So, yeah, new game mode, PvP. Shan, <laughs> uh, finding new ways to um, <laughs> increase family harmony. Uh, ben, it's been a while. How have you been? Yeah, I've been, I've been good. Um, basically, for most of August, I've been at home with the family following escaping from Birmingham after COVID lockdowns. Um, lots and lots of DIY, my, lots of playing Minecraft with my kids, but this time actually being with them. <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. And then to save talking about stuff for you know, an hour about what we've been doing, I'll just leave it there and move on, I think. <laughs> but I too, I too have been playing Flight Sim as well. But that's been more to, I can see my house from here and visiting places that I, I know from historical things or for the sake of it flying down, you know, flying through the streets of Manhattan because that was you, also fun. Did you drive through the hurricane? No, I, I've not done anything like that. Well, because no. you can put real-time weather and yeah. uh, we flew through the hurricane that was going on in real life okay. in the sim and, and that was very cool. And as for playing Minecraft with your children, you, you you know you can do that anyway. You just give them a, a trowel and go dig there. Yeah, but then they get the hands dirty and they get all upset. And yeah, but that's what kids are for. What's the point of having kids if you can't get them dirty? Well, they, they don't find uh, little things like diamonds and so on. They find or... worms. <laughs> yeah, and then them. you then you have their survival training and get them to eat the worms. So yes, win win, isn't it? Mac, please save us before this this degenerates. What have you been up yeah. to quickly? Um, I went to, for the first time since the whole COVID kicked off, I went to a music concert. We got the train oh. on Saturday uh, and went to see in the Villa Marina, which is like a big kind of indoor kind of venue, um, a Pink Floyd tribute band called Pigs on the Wing, and they were very good. Um, I was a bit disappointed, though. They didn't do any of the really early Sid Barrett stuff. It was mostly... About half of it was the, the kind of stuff they did from the late, the, you know, the mid to late 80s onwards. Um, of course, they did a couple of the old favourites, you know, like Wish You Were Here and all that lot. But I was really hoping they would slip, slip one of the really early Sid Barrett numbers in, like Bike or the gnome or astronomy domain or one of those, but uh, unfortunately they didn't, but yeah, it was a good show. Uh, and we had a, we, we had a few, had a few beers, uh, as is customary at these, these occasions. And yeah, it was, a, it was a good night out. And also talking of, uh, I, I, I don't actually have, I've got X plane, I, which works in VR, which I find quite good fun with the helicopters and things. It's the only way to fly the helicopters in a flight sim, I think. Um, and, uh, anyway, so, but actually I've been tinkering with actual real planes, 
there was we we have a a vintage aircraft to look after and we just had the wheel brakes overhauled on it you know the hydraulic um the master cylinders overhauled and all that kind of stuff so putting that back in um which is a very awkward job which involves lying on your back with your head under the instrument panel doing everything arms reach and swearing a lot um so it's a bit like that and then we discovered a fuel leak, which isn't very good. So we were hoping we were hoping to ground run it and to test the uh, brake rebuild, but that's just not possible because we, we discovered a fuel leak, which is very bad. So anyway, we had to knock that on the head. So there's going to be more struggling and fiddling around at arm's reach under the panel again to try and uh, get bits of the fuel system off, uh, to take them apart, replace any seals and gaskets and what have you. So... Uh, anyway, these things. So really, you could do with an aircraft mechanic simulator twenty twenty. Yes, so that that would be that would be excellent. Yes, um, but the <laughs> thing is, the, the simulator would never show because uh, I, I don't know if you ever worked on your own cars or anything like that. You get the Haynes book, and it says something like, "Yeah, it gives you the step by step guide how to do whatever it is," and it always has something like, "Reassembly is the reverse of disassembly." Um, but what it never tells you about is that uh, it says it says like remove such and such a thing off the track rod ends, and you go and do it, and it's like caked in rust, and despite despite soaking and penetrating oil for twenty four hours, it takes about a million foot pounds of torque to get the nut to undo, and you've only got like a spanner that the only spanner you can actually get in there is like three inches long, so you you, you have absolutely no mechanical advantage over it. They they never tell you this in the books, and then when the real job confronts you, it's like you think you 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 you, you, you think oh what do I have to do to do whatever it is, and so you you have a look and you think well I'm going to do this that and the other that'll take me about an hour and a half. Three hours later, you're still at it, and you're not even halfway through. I think every single job, every time I estimate a job, it's like it takes about three times longer. <laughs> I should have learned by now. I mean, I've been doing this for years at this point, but it uh, it always gets me. The thing is, if I estimate and then triple my estimate, it'll be triple of that anyway. So it's just sod's law, really. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, a quick question on that. Um, so how did you learn to do this? Did you sort of, was it by trial and error? Because I'd imagine there isn't a lot of room for error. No, there isn't. Working on um, airplanes. There isn't. Uh, when I started with this, I did it under the supervision of a uh, several long-time uh, general aviation mechanics who kind of mentored me through all the process. Um, and yeah, you 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 pick up a loss and you pick up a loss on the way anyway. But yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it's about paperwork. I've I've got a I've got a bunch of worksheets to write out for all this, and then I have to call my. I've been mean, trying. To, I think he was away at a flying or something. But I have a. Unfortunately, our our um our inspectors in England, and he can't come. Well, we can't really practically go over there, and he can't practically come over here with the border restrictions we got because of COVID. So anyway, I I meant to talk to him today, but uh, I forgot to call him. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's basically uh, 
there's like a whole community around it and everybody kind of usually what happens you start working on something in and you have 20 people sitting around you giving giving you advice and sort of generally chuckling to themselves and saying i'd do it this way or or sucking the air between their teeth and things like that or making funny noises i the, the, there's a a friend of mine who was a a, a licensed amp mechanic and I, I whenever i'm working on these things i can always imagine him like giving me disapproving looks so right. anyway so is there like a, an equivalent of halfords or quick fit or other yes it's available yeah. It's called it's called LAS Aerospace. Um, they're based somewhere in Devon. And That's not very catchy. You can't get quicker than a LAS Aerospace. Physics. No, no. So you order the bits from them, uh, and yeah, you know, it's just internet buying stuff. But yeah, you there. There's a few companies around, um, but generally uh, for especially vintage types like ours, usually most of the work's done in the back of a drafty old hangar somewhere on a the remains of a World War II airfield. Uh, I mean, where we've got we we don't even have the luxury of electricity. I, I have a I, I have a generator and a solar panel and that's about it. If I want more than about two kilowatts of power I'm out of luck. Right. Well <laughs> an interesting lesson in Aviation mechanics, uh, or maintenance, rather. Like, <laughs> be careful with them. Um, personally, well, um, I've not been around a computer that can actually run Elite. So I downloaded Privateer from GOG just to find out uh, if my old rose-tinted glasses were indeed smashed, because we looked at this at a retro lathe a long time ago. And surprisingly enough, after a few hours... Um, I was starting to enjoy it again, despite all the clunky graphics and the seriously horrendous flight model. Um, it's still not as bad as Freelancer, admittedly. That's that's, ugh. but um, yeah, it, it's funny how the old school game really pulled you in, even though it only had four ships. Um, it didn't have as much equipment, and um, yeah, it is. The flight model is is basically very very restrictive, but um, there there is still something about it that is quite fun. Which, but it's one of these things which it took me about three or four hours to get into. Where I think in the old retro live episode we only we only spent about an hour on it. So yeah, my my rose tinted glasses have been repaired. So moving on from um, that. We'll have a quick look at what's actually happening in game today. Well, there is a, a whole load of stuff going on around Leasty at the moment, but um, we're not quite sure what's going on there, to be honest. And we'll probably come back and discuss that or look into it at a later time. Um, I think it's fairly safe to say it's a delicate situation. Yes, I get the impression that um, some Federation... Things are making inroads into the old worlds, and people who like the old oh. worlds as they are don't like it. Wasn't it the Federation, though, that has introduced Leasy Nice Juice to try and counteract the effect <laughs> of Leasy Evil Juice? So, therefore, it's kind of, you know, the, the battle between the two juices. Is so, you've got your, your dark juice and your, and your, your light juice. That's right, which, yes. Which light has cookies? <laughs> Which side has cookies? Uh, well, that's the point. One might have white chocolate, the other one might have dark chocolate. Well, no, I'm not going to go there. 
just I'm going to stop now. Okay, I've obviously sort of triggered Ben somehow and with a perfectly innocent cookie comment, but never mind. No, we just we just don't want riots or anything like that in Lave. <laughs> well, and another news: um, the turning the wheel uh, uh, movement initiative. Initiative, yeah, is that is that the best thing to say? Call it the initiative. Experiment. Experiment. Yeah, experiment is a very good word. Yeah, experiment or, or, or movement. But then yep. if I said movement, you would have thought bowel. But never mind. Well, you uh, thought bowel. <laughs> the Dark Wheel have expanded out of Anyanyuai. What the heck? Into LTT 5455. Immediately upon that expansion, uh, cooldown dropping HR 4979 expanded as well as it is now above 75% of the whole time. The Dark Wheel landed in 5455 and immediately won their invasion in a sweep of four to nothing. Now, they have a game plan in place to take control of 5455 within a week and we're looking to expand one more time, which should take them to their target system to test the capital of Sol. Kaizen keeps on coming back to the fact that there are only six factions in Seoul, so who the heck is supposed to fill the seventh slot, if not the Dark Wheel? So, they're currently shaping up in the 4979 expansion as well, to make sure that it's in the direction of Lave. The next jump after that puts us in the same neighbourhood, so they'll be moving into the old worlds as well. All those numbers and the way you read them out, Colin, reminded me of the football scores or, <laughs> or from the um, shipping forecast. Yes, it is getting a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, sort of, it's like um, least E4, Zeons <laughs> <Crystal>. nil, <laughs> Rangers 21, Partick Thistle nil. Um, anyway. I, was, I used to think it was Patrick Thistle when I was a kid. No, no, it's Partick Thistle, mostly because a lot of times they have saved my backside. Well, Thistle, <sighs> Partick Thistle, no one actually gives a fuck. <laughs> exactly. Which team you support? Partick Thistle? Oh, you're not into football then, on your way. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, next week we'll be answering the, the hate mail we get from Partick Thistle supporters. For- or, or one hey. of them. <laughs> I, I, like I think it was Thistle. Billy Connolly who said he didn't realise for years the team was just called Partick Thistle. He thought it was called Partick Thistle Nil. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Development news. So what have the devs been saying this week? Well, um there's been nothing really new, but there was an additional um, interview that came out on the WCC Tech um, uh, website. Now, it's nothing that we haven't seen before, but there was one question that uh, was answered, and that is there's going to be no crossplay coming as part of the Odyssey upgrade, which um, I think is a little bit disappointing, but not unexpected. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, I do feel that changing the code base and, and you know, there's talk about refactoring the code base and cleaning up legacy code would have been a very good way for Frontier to introduce cross-play mechanics. Um, 
And if they don't do it now, we'll probably never get it, to be honest. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, they, they said that. Never, but... Yeah, they said that about No Man's Sky, and it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, but yeah, if, you, if you're busy refactoring everything, then refactoring all the, the network code while you're in the middle of it makes a lot of sense to me. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, network code. There's there's something that's making me shudder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sean, Mac, any any thoughts on? Yeah, on- I, I I I kind of agree with what you said. Really, it's it's slightly disappointing, but not surprising. Um, I'm just wondering because for many years the reason for no crossplay was laid at the foot of Sony and Microsoft. Mm. There have been a number of titles now that do support crossplay. So I'm just kind of wondering how much of that is Sony straight Microsoft and how much is the way the game is coded. Yeah, and it's interesting that because, I mean, I must admit, when No Man's Sky said, oh, by the way, we've done cross-play out of nowhere, and when EA have announced that the new Star Wars Squadrons thing, which mm-hmm. I'm really, really looking forward to, that's going to have cross-play in it as well. Um, I just thought, oh, then perhaps Frontier might follow suit, but um, no, they've, they've definitely they've definitely um, hit the nail on the head, and that one said no, no crossplay on this one. And interestingly, because and you might further down, but because Frontier said no Xbox X and no PS5 mm-hmm. at the moment, then that would rule out crossplay for the foreseeable future. Because if they were going to support Xbox X and PS5, you would think they would build cross-play into it because obviously that's the thing they want to do. But there there are no new consoles being scheduled. Probably means that's that for cross-play. It's a bit unfortunate because basically I know there's plenty of Xbox and and PS4 players out there that I would just love to murder just to prove a point. Well, that (laughs) is the point though, isn't it though? Um, One of the reasons why people didn't want crossplay for um, Elite was because of the perceived disparity between players on console controllers and players with keyboard and mice or HOTAS. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it does. Yeah. But, I mean, I must admit, they have said before, you can definitely tell the people that fly with um, a HOTAS and people who fly with a um, uh, a gamepad because basically people with they've, they've got much more control over the, over the ship with a HOTAS and of course it's a whole nother ball game if you've managed to master the, the mouse and keyboard which is I, I mean some of the um, flight assist off manoeuvres with the mouse and keyboard I've seen people use I, I'm just my jaws on the floor and just impressed I'm glad that I'm not going up against them. On the other hand, I, I've always thought that's a bit of a weak excuse because you could say that, well, in which case, if if console controls mean we can't have cross-play with PC and console because it's unfair to console players, then we also have to have separate off the VR users. We have to separate keyboard and mouse from hot-ass users and so on until we have about 50 billion different non-interacting game modes just so people with different controllers never interact so mm. I've, never, would, I've never really bought that argument myself i would cheekingly suggest that odyssey is separating vr <laughs> yes. from 
uh, non-VR. So, you know, you could say, well, by not having VR with Odyssey, you're neutralizing the benefit of having VR and being able to look around so quickly and etc. But on the other hand, there's nothing to they, they haven't said they're going to separate Horizons players from except and well, except for the moment where you step out of your ship, and mm-hmm. that's whether if if you've got a Horizons player and an Odyssey player in the space, uh, just like Horizons in the base game, I'm assuming they'll be able to see each other. Well, actually, that's one thing that's never really been asked, has it? And they've never said and they've never confirmed the fact that, I mean, when you you look at the, the infrastructure, you you make the assumption that, yeah, they've all got to be playing this in the same area and an Odyssey player will be in the same instance as a Horizons player uh, and, a, and a base game player in space and maybe even flying around barren planets, but not... They haven't actually said that's going to happen. Or have I missed that? I don't recall reading anything like that, Colin. Yeah. It's, 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 it just, I just had this horrible feeling that, okay, perhaps Odyssey is that far advanced than the other, the other two game modes that they can't share the same instance. I sincerely hope that that is not the case. I mean, I yeah. sincerely hope that the planetary rendering stuff gets backported into horizons and the base game to be honest because um the base game is looks the way it is because for years they had to support uh machines which didn't support uh compute shaders but now absolutely everything that runs elite supports compute shaders there's no real reason for that uh separation so the only difference really between the base game and Horizons now should be that uh, when you hit the you hit an exclusion zone uh, for a landable planet if you're in the base game, and if you're in Horizons, you go into Glide. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we'll probably go into most of these um, the the articles uh, a little bit more because uh, at a later point because we need to get Ben's opinion on this. This this can turn into the, almost the Ben show really later but for the moment um we'll quickly move on to well the the newsletter um we do have they did hit newsletter 300 and there were two highlights to this newsletter first of all for those of you who got it you got a free code which will give you a asp skin it's a long time since we've they've been handing out free asp skins and um yep well Anybody else seen this asp skin? What do they uh, think of it? Not, not in game yet. Um, no. I still am not receiving <laughs> Elite Dangerous newsletters, despite subscribing to them about 10 times. I went off and checked my emails today um, just to see you know, the number of times I've said, I want to receive the Elite Dangerous newsletter. And I've got about 10 things saying, Dear Ben, Congratulations and thank you very much for subscribing to the Elite Dangerous newsletter. And zero saying, Dear Ben, you're not subscribed to the Elite Dangerous newsletter anymore. Yet, <laughs> despite going on to the place to sign up or by entering my email into the do you want to subscribe thing, yeah, so because you can manage the subscription through your account on the Frontier store as well, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can say, I want to hear about all these different things. Or you can say, I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Here's my email. But despite doing both of those things, I still don't get any bloody emails. 
And when I go and check the store for a week or so, you know, I went off and I resubscribed to the Yearly Dangerous newsletter again today. But and when I, I went off and checked it again, I still said I'm subscribed. But I would not be surprised if in two weeks, maybe three weeks time again, I'll be unsubscribed. But we shall see. I can sell you an asp skin, Ben, for a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, is it um, the Asp Explorer? Oh, no, it's the Asp Explorer. Okay, think... so it's actually the Asp that people care about. Yes. I mean, you didn't think they'd give them everybody a, a scout. Well, Frontier, Asp, Frontier it's could 15. be a tight bastard it's and just really troll everyone. It's 15 quid now. Here, guys, here's a brilliant Asp Scout skin that you really don't give a shit about. <laughs> well, in other... In I'm giving game... a Cobra Mark IV skin. Oh, that's that, that, really that was an unfortunate <laughs> turn of phrase. That really was. <laughs> Moving on. Welcome back to Ben, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we've missed him, but then again, we can reload. Um, <laughs> in, in other in-game news, uh, the Buckyball Racing Club has a race. Colin, Go on, what, what? You've missed the most important newsletter fact. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're in it. Yes, and, and in line. We, we have more episodes of Lave Radio than Frontier has produced newsletters. Oh, there's, there's an interesting point, isn't it? We've we got them up and over 306. They're on, they're on 300. Yes. So, so, but they're only doing it bi weekly now. It so the matter. gap is forever widening. Yes. We're pulling away from them. <laughs> Just. I'm sorry, I'm just having to deal with that Cobra skin problem that that Ben said. It's just, oh dear. Anyway. Sorry, we can can cut that bit off. (laughs) Okay. I think think we'll just have to... (laughs) Now we're we're into cutting bits off. I probably should switch it. No, we'll just cut off the bit about the Cobra Mark IV skin. (laughs) Right. Okay, let's let's leave that there. Move on. Right That's what he now. said. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, I'm going to turn around to Alec Turner and company and say, well, thank you for running a buckyball event, even at as we speak. Uh, there is a buckyball event in progress at the moment called Real Men Race in Lederhosen. Um, <laughs> that um, it is running and from uh, well around the be- the the beginning of this week and will end uh, at the end of this week I think on the sixth of September. Uh, so we will supply a link in the show notes uh, to the rather complicated and very stringent rules that they've put in. Um, it's wow. I just I just looking through the instructions of what you've got to do in order to to qualify, and it is, yay! It's it's taking beer about quite a lot of places. So, um, fair play if anybody wants to do that for um, from August the twenty ninth to the to September the sixth. Uh, yes, all linking with Oktoberfest, I do believe. So. <laughs> We should also mention at the moment that the Kalinia Speedrun competition, um, as pulled together by Commander Exegius, that's the one. (laughs) one, That's one of those names that just sticks 
in the back of the throat and you can't get out. Um, but Is that, that like will, a Cobra Mark Foskin? Oh, just don't. Just don't. Um, again, they will be um, running this competition until Sunday, September the 6th. So, And they, they will announce the uh, winners on, oh, a week today. So, um, yes, have a, have a good luck. Uh, have a good run at uh, the Colonial Speed Run, and we'll also supply a link to the forum post in the show notes. So, <laughs> after after that um, diversion, um, we'll take a quick ad break, and then we'll come back with uh, more discussions and Ben's major reactions to the Dev Diary. Gonna make you cry, I'm never gonna say goodbye. 
and welcome back. And I can only apologize for any damage that has been done to your ears during that break. As the Tally Tubbies would say, again, again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And um, and my ears are... Bleeding? Well, yes. (laughs) It was certainly interesting. (laughs) It's a unique take. Yeah. Wintermute is saying it's Rick Gastly. Oh, Rick oh. Ashling. Rick Ashling. Yeah. Oh, dear, dear. Well, um, <coughs> back to our main topic, which, of course, is um, the Odyssey uh, dev diary that came out. Now, when it came out, we had our um, emergency show, but, of course, one member of the crew was missing. Um, so that's Ben. So... I'd like to know, Ben, just quickly before we all dive into the uh, the uh, the detail. What was your impression? Your first impression? Were you excited? Were you were you? Oh no, disappointed or or, or what? If they'd called it, pla- I I think other people. Uh, actually, I think Kaizen said this. You know, if they'd called it something like the Planetary Tech Dev Diary, they'd have been spot on. Instead, what we actually, it felt like what we basically got was a marketing show saying, oh, look how pretty our planets are. And then during the one-hour Twitch stream, it was actually, it was, it was nice to see David on. Um, we got a nice bit of details on some of the stuff and things like that. So that was all nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the very quick version was, could have been better. You know, it's not what I would have called a, a dev diary or um oh what is it they call the I can't remember what they call them now. Um their in-depth development stuff, you know, where historically we've had you know, this is how we literally generated the planets from the tectonic plates up, or this is the mathematics we use behind deriving Thargoid swarms. Oh yeah, I mean those were the, the proper dev diaries, weren't they? They they yeah. were the ones that were went into a great deal of depth. And, you know, so when you say dev diary, that's what I think and feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not what we got. No. Uh, what we got was very pretty, and it was lovely to see Kay on and literally say one sentence about how ice worlds have all these stellar phenomena that we see when we, when we look at... Io and places like that with um, telescopes from Earth or from, you know, from as our space, well, as our, as probes do various flight mm. paths, things like that. So we can see the ejector, the cryovolcanism. I can't remember the name for it, but you've got these straight lines basically caused by dirty stuff that's thrown up and then it just jan- gradually rotates as gradually lands up lands on the planet again mm. um you've got all all these things and i'm sure we'll have the same idea for magma planets and the thin atmospheric worlds that we're getting it was nice to see again i think it was k who mentioned that science was used to generate the color palette of the sky mm. that was great so i mean the oh, first should have been about that. I mean, the first thing I've got to ask, I mean, did you actually feel excited by seeing the, the thing? Or was it a case of... Well, yeah. I'd have felt excited seeing more of Kay 
and, and give me an hour of Kay talking her thing, and I'd have been excited. Or yeah, may, maybe fifty minutes of Kay, ten minutes of David. You know, because it was lovely seeing David again and seeing his enthusiasm. That was awesome. Yeah. And then chuck on Kay for the 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 science, and then I love Stephen, but frankly, in these cases, less Stephen, more Kay. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean the the things that the they've done deep dives on are called the discovery scanners, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, that that's what the we've had, but we haven't had one of those for about ten months. Well, didn't Stephen? So, I think Stephen referred to this as a discovery scanner. Uh, no. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. It, it's yeah. discovery scanners slash dev diary one giant leap. But yeah, um, it, it, yes, it, it didn't go into as much detail as we were. We're hoping, really. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's other things that people would like to jump in with. Uh, Shan? Yeah, I just want to um, try and add a little bit of circumspection um, about the Discovery Scanner uh, straight Dev Diary. Is Not every Dev Diary Discovery Scanner we have had has been in detail to the same degree as the Thargoid Swarm, the DAV stuff, Etc. Some has actually been fairly lightweight. So, uh, in terms of detail, calling it a discovery scanner, I personally am giving this one a bit of a pass for that because we we can only really judge it once we've seen the rest of them. Um, but the rest of comment Ben's comments, I, I do agree with. Yeah, um, Shan, can you make a time? Not Shan, sorry, Norman. Could you make a timestamp for that, please, and cut it out? <laughs> well, I agree with Ben. Ben yeah. is right. <laughs> And that. Oh, that's taken out of context. You can't use that one. Oh dear. Anything said anyway. in the show can be said. It can be used in evidence against you. So there you go. Uh-huh. Yes, as I am constantly reminded by what you play at the end of every episode you edit. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, moving moving on quickly. There, I mean. Ah, there, there is one thing that I know that you're quite upset about, and that is the um, this capturing the Neil Armstrong moment. How are they going to manage that transition, Ben? <laughs> Have he's I been cut off here? No, he's no, still dreaming about Cobra Mark IV. No, oh, I just no. I, need to, I need to hit my 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 mute button a bit harder next time. Um, <laughs> We need to see how they're going to do the transition between getting out of your coat, out of your seat, and then trotting off to the back of your of your cabin, walk, and walking down the stairs. Mm. If it's a fade to black, and all of a sudden you're at the base of your ship, that's not a Neil Armstrong moment. No, no, it's not. Um, getting out of my ship, opening the hatch, letting the ladder slide down, walking down the steps. That's a Neil Armstrong moment. Uh, I want that to be um, simulating the gravity of whatever planet we're in. So that damn right. The, the first splat. <laughs> you know. yeah, you go landing on an uh, HG world. We shouldn't be able to walk, for example. I would yeah. love that kind of mechanics. Yeah, or if there's a, if you have like the jumping down the steps, you just like one jump and then suddenly accelerate and you squish. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, if you could, if you could actually, we'll see what we get. Um, yeah. I because... would accept, but I'd be upset about getting like press F to leave your seat and walk downstairs. 
Mm-hmm. And then you see your commander getting out of the seat, toddling off and then walking down. So You'd at least you see it, it, but I would wouldn't you, want it. Would okay. you want it to be a minigame then, then? Or would you want a cutscene? Oh, how, how, it's not a minigame. I'm getting out of my seat and I'm walking to the exit. I'm opening the airlock and I'm climbing down the ladder. Well, the, 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 there is a there is a way. No, that's me do doing it manually. Sorry, there is a way. Going. Yeah, there is a way that they can do this without it actually meaning walking through the whole ship. They can have it with people just standing up from their chair, walking to the exit hatch, which is some kind of turbo lift. You get in the turbo lift. There's a hum, and then you're next to the the exit hatch. They, you might not have to walk. Through, they might have to restrict it just so it's kind of bridge to exit hatch and then you walk out of your ship from the exit hatch but if it is a fade to black uh, the extra disappointment is going to be they drop VR for this yeah Mm -hmm. them them dropping VR suggests to me there is at least the possibility it might not be a fade fade to black well uh, I mean I'm personally of the opinion that it's the mobility that's the issue with the with VR. It's, it's moving from the seated position to actually walking about. And no Man's Sky handles this in a very, very... It's a very different experience to play No Man's Sky walking about. I can't sit down in No Man's Sky. I've got to stand up in, a, in VR when I'm, when I'm using that because um, <laughs> that that's the way it feels it should be played. But... <sighs> It, it, walking, you know, the walking, the mobility, that is, I, I just looking at it and think it's so much more work than it was for the for the sit-down version. So in VR, would you want it to, like, um, move your arms and legs up and down, mimicking climbing up and down a ladder? Well, how, how have they managed to do that kind of thing with uh, uh, in Half-Life Alex? They've done a kind of teleporting and they've gone, They've gone the kind of grab the ladder with a controller, and that's 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 worked quite well. I mean, unless you are wanting to actually mime, and we don't have full body tracking anyway. But if you did, you'd have to be miming all your actions, which would look incredibly silly <laughs> to everybody outside. <laughs> no, but VR does, so yeah. You know. Yes, well, you can always tell how silly people. In VR, look, it's because when you watch, we were watching people play Robot Recall. Or oh, watch the Red Dwarf episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the bit where they, they're on horses in that, that which yeah. episode it is, with the, where they, it's not VR, it's something else where they're infected. Better than life. Bit. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all riding horses, they all sit down, and all of a sudden they grab imaginary reins and sort of bob up and down. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is quite scary at the, what, will have to go into the game in order to handle VR. And I think it's a little bit more complicated than just standing up and walking to the back hatch, unfortunately. <sighs> I mean, moving a bit further on, the I mean, you've said David had a nice sailing ship, but no, no jumper. He did, yes. I was just, it was nice seeing what was in David's background. Uh, and, you know, I was very upset to see he wasn't wearing a jumper. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I know it's the middle of summer and it was probably about 30 degrees when this was, or 37 degrees when this was being recorded, but still, he needs a jumper, man. A bit, a bit, of, a bit of trivia about David Brave and backgrounds. Uh, back in the FFE days, 
For a short time, he was nicknamed the Bradbin because he had some publicity shot of him, I think at a jumper actually, with this very nice Bradbin behind him. And so, at least for a couple of years, he was nicknamed the Bradbin. Fair enough. Um, another thing that um, I'll just want to go back to the um, WCC F Tech. Uh, conversation because um, interview because they had a little bit more about um, the idea of starports being the social hubs. Now this yeah. turned out to be that they seem but to be they, they reports, yeah, not starports. Yeah, they seem to be implied that most of these social hubs and things will be happening down on the planets. So I really hope that's not the case, but we will see. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I really hope that starports are equal citizens as planetary ports, shall we say. Yeah, starports need to be given some life. Yes. So, I mean, what would you want from the starport? Would you would you want to be able to walk down your gangplank into certain areas in the starport? Or is it just a case of, uh, you know, you go to a couple of offices, maybe a maybe a bar along the side because you might be restricted what i would like i think to see personally mm-hmm. is you come out and you've got your you've got the hangar that we can all see at the moment yeah yeah um and then as you mentioned you'd walk to an exit to that and you basically you'd be in a essentially a turbo lift mm-hmm. and that would then take you to a variety of places Right, gotcha. Um, that's not what I would actually like, but what, that's what I would expect. That's what I expect. Yeah. I mean, I must There's certain practicality considerations here, because you, yes. you consider the size of a... But you, the Habering, was it, uh, eight kilometres diameter or something like that, and about 500 metres wide? That's an awful lot of level design if you were it's a, try... Well, it wouldn't be level design, it would be level proc gem, but yeah. Yeah, it, if you're trying to do the whole thing, so, and it's all, an awful long way to walk as well. Uh, it so, is. it's likely to be some kind of rapid transit where you don't have to traipse Herb- through. Herbalist. Yeah, it's, it, or yeah. trams or whatever. So you don't have to traipse through kilometers and kilometers and kilometers to stuff to get to the social hub. I want but a yellow I'd, lorry. Yeah, one of those buses. I want a le- red lorry. I mean, say for instance, in in the station, say you're in one of the um, uh, I don't know, tourist or agricultural ones. No, the tourist ones. Um, you get in the turbo lift. Would you want to be taken to those wonderfully nice parks that they have all around the docking bay? Yeah, just go there, sit and read a book or something. <laughs> I mean, you is know, that I'd is that like, the kind of thing you'd want? I would like a bunch of different things. Um, you know, we need our CD down below section, essentially. Yeah. Um, you need your fancy res- residential... Well, you need your fancy commercial district. You need your slightly shittier res- uh, commercial district. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the Alliance people can go and the, you know... <laughs> well, you know, you, you, I would imagine I go into, like, somewhere where Guatemala is and it's all, like, light, shiny whiteness everywhere and it's just like, oh, my God, I can't... It's like, I can't see anything. It's the same. Then, sorry, it's the same for the for uh, walking around the spaceship showrooms that you see 
in some stages, mm. don't you? You can, so you know, so you said so the Gutenberg would be like going into a Mercedes or BMW or a Lexus, yes. thing like that. And I don't know. And the, then you uh, go into a Lada's dealer to see your Lacons or something. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I mean, one of the things I really, I, I only noticed um, once I was putting the VR rig on, actually, is that I docked at an Imperial outpost. And for the first time, I looked out the side and I could see into the outpost and I could see um, basically ships for sale. It looked like some kind of ship sales oh, there's been Yeah, there's been sh- uh, ship hangers all the right, yeah. All the way back from all the way. I, I remember um, hovering over somewhere and it's like, okay, so somehow there's an anaconda in the outpost showroom. Yeah. Only these were, I think they were Imperial Eagles. And okay. I'm, I'm just looking in there and thinking, That's, I mean, I've played this game for, for five, five years. Going on six, if you include the alpha. And that's the first time I ever noticed that. And just my jaw went. Yeah. Is that, and you're saying that's been in from day one? Yep. Yeah, it has. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's the same as in some interiors. If you, if you yeah. zoom around and zoom into some of the buildings, yeah. you can see the interior and see some pictures on the wall. Yep. Well, that would yeah, yeah. Uh, be nice I'm, to walk around them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not... It's, I feel, feel very conscious that I'm, I'm casting aspersions on the Alliance here, and I'm really not... But you go into the uh, into various Federation sit, not Federation, sorry, Imperial stations, and my God, they just look so shiny. <laughs> You're blinded. You have to lie, yeah. rely on the autopilot. Bask. <laughs> you bask. In the- you do bask. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's just it's redonkulous. Um, and then you just go to a normal a normal station, and it's like, oh, thank God for that. But the interesting thing is, is someone spent the time. To put those assets in game yeah. in those buildings, yeah, I mean, it, it was the same as the old frontier headquarters you found, Ben. Yeah, someone put that model in there. Although that's obviously a Easter egg. It is. But wouldn't you want to walk around frontier towers in? Oh, I would love. To, I mean, this is this is what I'm saying. I these you know, these turbo lifts taking you to specific zones is not what I actually want. I would love to just go. Be able to get to that harboring and just free walk all over it, even though I know it's absolutely ridiculously large, or I want to drive my yellow lorry around it or something like that. Well, they've actually said that the amount of play area that would be required for that that for just one ring, yeah, is the equivalent of Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, it's, it's got it's the same. It's that yeah, that is huge. And you know that if they manage to do put that in, and it's not di- it's not noticeably different in other stations, then you'll you'll have people whinge. Of course, you know it, it's um, it's not good enough apparently. But, to yeah, be able but to can, do that. can you imagine being able to f- like fly a dr- um, like some kind of micro light or something like that around the interior rings? I mean, how awesome would that be? Oh yeah, uh, that would. That would be great. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, somebody has, uh, it's, this bug's probably been fixed by now, but way back when, somebody managed to get a sidewinder to clip, you could clip into it. Yeah. And yeah. could actually fly around the Habring in a sidewinder. Sidewinder. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember that triggered a whole load of arguments about people whether it was to the right scale. 
And it turned out it was the right scale. People just didn't realize how big the bloomin' sidewinder is. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that, that, that's one thing that people will get an impression of is the size of the ships properly. Because yes. it's one thing driving around an SRV. It'd be another thing to actually walk around your ship on foot. Yeah, I mean, I know, I remember when there was that mock-up of Elite Dangerous, uh, like a planetary port that was done in Unreal Engine importing the the, the yeah. assets from the game. And yes. even doing that was amazing. And literally all you could do was walk around your ship. But it was, it was brilliant to see. I mean, are you excited about that kind of... Well, I mean, that kind of thing... I, I, for me, actually, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But um, I mean, what? Well, this is, so I mean, one of the things I, I'm really looking forward to seeing is that whole get out of your ship and just look up and you know, to coin a phrase, look at the size of that thing, gotcha. uh, and then you realise you're just in a crate, and you know, that's like, you know, you consider that relatively small, to be honest. You already get that in effect with VR, though, don't you? Oh, well, VR users have been able to get it, uh, but you know, us in Pancake Lands don't. Yeah. Um, no, that they have actually mentioned in this this article. Um, they did mention a little detail about um, first person shooters, and they asked whether or not the um, the combat on foot is going to be fast arcade style or shooter or more akin to a slower paced tactical one to which Luke Betterton replied it's kind of both having played it recently it's very much up to the player to be as slow and tactical and myth- and stealthy even if they want to um, if you're very very good you can do that otherwise you know it's it's straight on guns blazing A.K.A. Spawn Camping. Spawn. What do you mean by spawn camping? Well, it means you can you can hide somewhere and just snipe people as they come out of their ship. Ah, right, of course. Uh, Or come out of the whatever the docking bay is or something. Sorry, can I just interject for a second here? I've just seen flying cars in New York. Flying cars in New York. Flying cars in New York. Oh, they not they not got the... Um... They're following a bridge, and they're not following it correctly. Oh, right, I see. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'll, I'll let you go on there. I thought you said flying cows in New York. I did. I thought you said oh, flying cows for a minute. Remember. It's not flying pigs. Nope, no flying pigs. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure personally whether I want the FPS side of it. If do I wanted to play, or do you mean the entire walking around experience? No, the PPU side of it. Because if I wanted an FPS mm-hmm. that's competitive, etc., I wouldn't play Elite. I'd mm-hmm. play something else that is specifically designed to be an FPS. Yeah, <coughs> I mean, one of the things that they're talking about here is that you will be able to operate at all levels of the game. So that you will be able to have people flying ships, people driving SRVs, and people running around on feet on on foot rather. So some kind of team. Yeah, but so what's stopping me fitting mm-hmm. my class four plasma accelerator 
yeah. and hovering outside of the docking port where people are running mm-hmm. and just using it to evaporate all probably, those players. Probably the very big guns that the docking port have, which will blow you into oblivion in a single yeah, but shot. There are places, yeah, but there are places in game where you can fire outside of the range of the guns and be completely immune to that. I, I think your argument is possibly mute because how how many times have you been able to blow up a unwilling SRV from your ship? Loads. Yeah, I know it's, it's from doable. five kilometers away. Yeah, loads. Mm. You, you use plasma accelerators. You just they got a huge splash damage, so mm. you don't you can, you can be within one and a half kilometers of them, and they'll get. Really badly damaged if you hit them with a class four. Well, it's gonna know, have I'm going to tra- I'm gonna have to test this theory because the other thing is the plasma accelerators are quite slow. I need the actual, uh, I wouldn't call it missile, the projectiles, the plasma, the, the glowing ball of purple death is quite slow moving. Sure, but you can, you can find other people's ships. Mm-hmm. You can find other, so there are places you can just hover and black people because I've done it in SRVs. Yeah. When, when they're in SRV, you can just see the slightest movement of a pixel and go bang. And because their travel time is slower than that of the plasma accelerator, you'll get them. Now, imagine that on a person without the protection of an SRV. Well, yeah, I think, I think uh, I they're th- going to have to have something in there in order to balance that out. And what, if, if they want this thing to work, surely. Cover mechanics? And talking about SRVs, um, mm. you could run someone over with your SRV. You could. I would like Or you that, could yeah. run yourself over with your own SRV, possibly, if you oh, forget to set oh. the parking brake. One of my favorite <laughs> things, actually, that I did in Elite Encounters mm-hmm. was playing whack-a-mole with a spaceship. You know, so basically, you know, you, you're standing on a landing bay, and if somebody goes splat, 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 splat with their shields, what happens to you? I, you know, I think that would be absolutely hilarious. And it was hilarious when we did it in Elite Encounters. <laughs> One of the things I'd want to try, though, Ben, or mm. Colin, I don't mind which of you help me. Um, <laughs> Pick your vision is, here, yeah. Is, is I put you on the top of my ship and then see how far I can lift you up. And can I launch you into orbit and have you float around in orbit on foot? Well, this sounds more like something for Alec Turner, to be honest, but I'd be up for that. Yeah, same here. We're both, both me and Ben will stand at the tip of your anaconda. And Just a tip, t- though, Colin. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, God, no. I wish I'd chosen some other words there. Okay, at the bow of the uh, anaconda, and happily see if you can place us in orbit. I was going to use the word insert there, but I didn't think that would be appropriate. <laughs> I've forgotten who, it, I've forgotten what I, how careful I have to be with my words with Ben oh, around. Insane your code mark four. <laughs> but yeah, that, that sort of thing we're gonna want to test. because um, it has an awful lot of mucking about potential, which is great. It, it does, especially when you want to just wipe out um, an entire platoon of other players just by splatting your anaconda down on top of them. It's the ultimate belly flop. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'd, use a type, I'd, I'd use a type 9 because... <laughs> yeah, wider area got more chance. <laughs> but one of the things that they've, they've, they've said is that they want this kind of 
multi-level version of combat. Now, that made me think, do you think they've fixed the SRV with a uh, multi-crew issue then? Oh, God, I hope so. Because that was a limitation of the Horizon's um, engine. So hopefully, I'm saying fingers crossed on this one, they'll have got that one sorted. I mean, will all these people have to be part of a crew in order to take part? I doubt it. I think yeah, it'll be a bit like people who run wing wing events at the moment. Mm-hmm. You can have multiple groups of commanders still showing up to to things, even and you can still see each other even if you're not in the same wing. Yeah, but we'll see. That's the point. If you're in the same wing, sorry, Ben. Mm-hmm. Would friendly fire be turned off? For out of I doubt air? it. It's not. <laughs> friendly fire is not turned off for you know if you're in the same wing with someone else just now. So why would it be turned off if for for shooting a gun at somebody? You're just you're just thinking of the trolling possibilities now, aren't you, Shan? No, me. That's what Shan, that's what Shan does. I, I I resent that accusation, Colin. <laughs> you resemble. You resemble. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a quick thought about the field sampler. Um, what did you guys think to the sort of the, what we th- we were referring to it as the Dyson tool? <laughs> um, other podcasts, God Frequency, <clears throat> they don't like it at all. They, they think it looks like something out of an English pleasure dungeon. <laughs> we're going to get a skin for this tool. I think we'll get multiple skins for the tool. Um, more, than, more than three and less than five. Colin. Um, I I actually... So... Um, was it Darren? I think it was. Said something that... I have a hope that we're going to almost get a minigame for this. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just find... I, I scribbled the quote down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, D- Darren manage, mentions... Fine tuning the the field sampler. Mm-hmm. I I love the idea of being able to maybe focus in on what you're wanting, and then zero in, and then applying the right amount of energy or force or whatever you want to say to capture it without ruining it or something. Um, as opposed to such <laughs> other games where it's like just go here and you suck everything up with your giant Dyson. Oh, you mean you mean like the um, the deep core mining? You've got to have the right amount of uh, um, the right amount of explosives in order to get the best value out of it. So it'll be a this, bit like that, yes. Yeah, that's that's not um, bad. It's not a bad I, idea. Yeah, I prefer that as opposed to just point and shoot. The sort of mini game I wouldn't want is. Do you remember lock picking in Skyrim? Oh God, uh, yeah. And, and that sort of thing. I, I don't, you know, I don't really want to twiddle knobs and until I get a right frequency. You know, a bit like the um, FFS scanner. Mm-hmm. I'm not really keen on the FFS scanner uh, oh, mechanic. I really oh. want to see that. Uh, well, I'm going to bring in a couple of um, uh, things from the, the chat room. Actually, uh, we've had Prime Gaming and uh, the Winter. The Wintermute, they've both said the Neil Armstrong moment, is that when you realise you've only got 10 seconds of fuel left and you have to land right now? Because famously that's all the Luma module had. Um, In other words, we've got um, Jonathan Teatime, he's there saying um, 
they need to start revealing a lot more and answering questions because the information vacuum is being filled by a narrative that's more about what's missing from Odyssey than what's actually in it. And that's a very, very good point. I think that's... Yeah, again, just looking through the chat, there was a comment, um, I think it's by uh, Jonathan D. Time as well, actually, yeah. uh, who says it's also worth considering that if you have a small arm capable of killing a skinner, it's going to be able to one-shot a player or a whole group of players. It's just I don't think we we have in our mind just how powerful the weaponry is on board our ships. No, but then again, it is that it, at this moment in time, we are, we're not really aware of that because we still think they're a lot smaller than they actually are. I'll blow up some, blow up some other players' SRVs to have mm. a test of them. Yeah. Um, Commander Meagles, he says, as a counterpoint, do you really want to spend every minute, uh, every time you land on a planet and have to go walking about? And I, mean, that, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, that goes back to what uh, Suvarine was saying before. Suvarine was saying that um, as long as you still have the same menu system when you when you land at the port, it should be fine because that means you don't have to go walking away um, to do exactly the same functions that are on the board. Well, I'm going to completely agree with that, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a quote in one of the magazine articles or like on the forum, please excuse me, I can't remember where I saw it, but basically they talked about, um, you know, about being um, the NPCs in the bases and having uh, protection around them. So mm-hmm. you can go in and do a Skyrim and murder every single quest NPC or or whatever. So I, I can I can see that some areas are protected. Now, whether they'll have like a god bubble would mean you just can't shoot them no matter what you use. Mm-hmm. They'll have a super duper security that'll blow you out of the sky. If you can. I'm not sure, but they did talk about having certain areas as being safe zones to prevent players from being. Yeah, I mean, Volatile Kate comes up with um, a similar point. He sort of they say a walking on planet opens a massive can of worms regarding to combat. PVE and PVE may be deeply abusable while the devs will have to make some balancing reconciliations that will diminish the realism of Elite. I mean, um, he goes on to say that they play, he plays the game, uh, well, he, she, I do apologise, um, plays the game more for the simulator aspects, and they're nervous about the direction that the game is seemingly taking. I mean, I've seen a lot of people on the forum suddenly say, all oh, right, it's first-person shooter, that's it, it's going to be PUBG. And I think, no, because Frontier don't, want to do a, um, a PUBG. And um, also, I think in the in their interviews and things like that, they've been talking down yes, there will be um, the, there are, there'll be elements of, that will be fast paced, running while guns blazing, but there's also going to be sections where if you decide to go in stealthily and sneakily that you can just ninja way, your way through and science your way through that scenario. Yeah, there's more, more than one way to skin a cat, isn't there? There is. Um, it it would be nice if they've got a lot more kind of dosex to approaching these missions instead of just going in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the frontier have said that, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, we have um, a CQC. Um, uh, the C- yeah, musketeer uh, from. Uh, from the CQC guys, uh, he's decided to pay a visit. Hello, Musketeer. Um, I'd just like to say um, 
that this is probably the best. He's probably the best CQC player there is, and has killed me several times. Not that so, I'm bitter. Colin, him. where is it that the awesomely dangerous CQC commanders hang out? Well, they actually hang out at the elite, uh, the elite CQC Discord, uh, and we will go into more details about that later in the show. Because there's one particular <laughs> journal open at the moment. One thing I will say about the um, mechanics is, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Frontier don't seem to have the best record on stopping people exploiting game mechanics. <laughs> yes, that is true, especially when it comes to the engineering stuff and the uh, yeah and the rest of it. it has yeah. What they really need to do is get a couple of evil geniuses to <laughs> break it. Uh, also, um, as far as the moon is concerned, surely Neil Armstrong has to have the first uh, the first footfall footfall achievement on Luna. Oh hell yes! Yeah. <laughs> They've gone on about Neil Armstrong moment enough. Well, surely. <laughs> He, he's got to have that listed on the, on the film. So what do you put it for Earth, Adam? <laughs> <sighs> so um, overall, Ben, as far as the uh, Odyssey as a whole, are you actually excited for it? Well, I asked this question to everybody who uh, on, on the last time, and we'd just like to know whether or not, having seen the video, are you, are you excited about what's coming? I am excited about what's coming, but as a lot of people have said, we need to know more. Mm. Um, but then again, they've got Frontier have got five months to very, very slowly drip feed us information. <laughs> um, there's something that I think was in the poly- was the Polygon article where they didn't take back Frontier, saying that we will be looking at. Or th- then that we're not going to have walking around our ships at launch. Um, I think it was Polygon that said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Polygon. I, yeah. Yeah, since the last article, Polygon have, have uh, retracted the thing about animals. They animals. said, no, we got that that wrong. But they are standing by the fact that you can't walk around your ship. Yeah. And that worries me in so many levels. Um Mostly because the main thing that I've been waiting to do since this game's come out is to walk around my spaceship. Mm. You know, frankly, I don't give a shit if I can walk around a billion planets and pick up flowers. I want, I want to explore my spaceship. I want to do an EVA over and take over your spaceship. I want um, to explore wrecked spaceships. Yes, that would be awesome. I want EVAs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm not... Yeah, don't get me wrong, what we've seen looks interesting. And I like that we've got science to, resem- to show us the planets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I care far more about one man, one ship. This is my ship. What can I do with it? I want to fix it. Yeah, I want to go out there with my wrench and bang on the engine until it works. You know, I want to go out and do an EVA and repair the hull plating. So um, basically, you want Pulsar then, don't you? I, I want the Expanse. 
Yeah, you know, I, I want that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, imagine being able to go off and run, like using your mad boots and walk over the hull of your ship, and that the hull of your anaconda or your corvette or your cobra was a battlefield. How awesome would that actually be? Okay, Shan. Yeah, I was just thinking about things that Ben, you know, had been saying about his experience, and I do find it a little bit incredible that Frontier are only considering underlined walking through in your ship because I just can't. But there must be something that prevents them doing that at the start because surely everyone who works at Frontier, certainly everyone who's gone to LaveCon over the last four or five years, will know walking around your ship is the one thing you wanted to do. So therefore, I'm kind of puzzled as to why it's not in there and why they are now only considering it, not actually, oh yeah, that, that's going to be a long later. So there's no confirmation of it. It's, oh yeah, we'll think about it. Okay, Mac. Yeah, um, going back to the shipwrecks. The, remember that scene? I think it's in the first, the first or second episode of Firefly, where they're crawling over the wreck, salvaging. Now, there's a lot of salvage stuff already in in Elite Dangerous, uh, where you go and scoop up bits. But imagine how much more, how much cooler it'd be if you could actually board one of these dead anacondas or whatever and rifle through its remains and sort of find the floating corpses of the dead crew and all that kind of stuff and sort of go to the safe and try and find the gemstones or whatever uh, or try and salvage whatever engineering materials you want out of this dead ship. I think there's a, lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of scope for gameplay in the kind of shipwreck environment, so I hope they've considered it. Okay, Sean, you have a silly idea and then we'll finish off with uh, well, Ben's final word. Walking around your ship on mag boots. I, I just wonder if you could like form the human chain or even like trapezing. You could like swing back and forth on someone just like... A bit like human fall flat. Yeah. Anyway, Ben, you had a better idea. Sorry. I, I, what I actually think, and this is, I'm being, you know, engaging my realistic hats on here. And I think that the reason why we're well, it looks to me like we're basically going to get, for want of a better word, a season of expansions. Mm-hmm. Is because Frontier are wanting to take the time to do each feature correctly. They're wanting to take the time, get the get the basics of walking around down right, get walking around on the planets done right, get the planets correct. I hope we see gravity having a different effect on things mm-hmm. and then you see what happens when you're in zero g in maybe q3 q4 of 2021 i yeah. know that frontier know we want walking around ships i know that frontier know that we want walking around space stations they're not stupid but my but it's baby steps and we will see okay being a bit provocative, Ben, as you never, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm not often provocative, but what you say could well be correct, and I've, I haven't got a reason to doubt what, what you're saying. However, as a counter to that, my quip would be just how much more time do they want because they, because they, they still haven't nailed down 
this Neil Armstrong moment, they're still looking at the flight model for for partial atmospheric flight. And we know they've been working on this since Horizons. Yeah. Right. So how much more time do they want? Well, for the moment, we don't know how much other work has gone in. We've only just seen this one slice. So we don't know how much work's gone into the social hubs, the combat, and everything else. Now, they still have, as, as Ben said, five months. It, you know, we've, we're not counting Christmas. Uh, you know, we're not counting December. But they have technically up to five months to get uh, stuff in. And I think there's enough development time there to get in the um, uh, to get in the flight mechanics. But I do understand that they they had to put the the other stuff in first before they put in the atmosphere. Now, it's it, I'm not going to say it's a simple job, but it's a heck of a lot easier than having to do, say, for instance, the full atmospherics of uh, what you have to deal with in flight simulator. The, the, so I don't think it's as, as big a job as some people think, although I will probably be told to eat my own hat by any of the developers that are doing it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last thing a developer wants is another armchair developer behind him going, so, oh, that sounds easy. Why haven't you done it yet? A fatal thing to say in, uh, and all, all inexperienced developers do it, a fatal thing to say to a non-developer uh, is, oh, that's easy. It's a one-line code change. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yes. A lot, of, a lot of people have fallen on that sword. Yeah. Including myself a couple of times, I think. In my younger days. I never say that now. Ah, dear. Anyway, so we're going to um, close this main discussion. We will uh, come back to it, no doubt, again and again. Uh, in the future. Hopefully, we might even have something new to talk about next week, depending on uh, if there's a live stream this Thursday, because there wasn't, because it's a, a British bank holiday uh, yesterday. So, um, <clears throat> moving on from there, we have uh, our community corner. Now, we have Commander Yamak is doing the Apollo 11th 50th anniversary union reunion um, That's Yannick, not Yamak. Yamak is thought, very different. I thought I said Yannick. I thought it was an N, but it could have been an N. Sorry, Colin. Well, um, Yannick then, Commander Yannick. We don't, don't want Commander to mix you up with right. any Commander Yamics, do we? Yes, Yannick is not Yamics. Thankfully. <laughs> so, um, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary folks and attendant Thargoids, it's the event you've been waiting for has finally arrived the Apollo 11 Anniversary Expedition Reunion. So uh, that's on September the 26th and the, at the Pomesh 2C system. Um, does anybody know anything more to it than that? Yes, the Apollo 11 Expedition was... In fact, we covered, we covered it. Um, Yannick was on the show, uh, uh, both myself and Yannick, and we talked about it uh, back when it happened, uh, and we even did, we did a, there was a Sagittarius I article as well. It was it was actually quite a large expedition. I think it actually had about six hundred or so participants. I can't remember the exact number, but it was it was uh, not quite not quite distant world two, but 
still a significantly large expedition um and we had we had to have this huge multiple instance system on the the moment of the landing because we we did a we did a a landing on some moon somewhere at the very moment that uh that the apollo 11 limb uh the eagle was it the eagle yes i think it was uh, and it was it was an absolutely brilliant expedition. We all had a great time. A lot of people on it because it was a relatively. It, it only went about a couple of thousand light years out of the bubble, so there are a lot of people had never explored before on it because it's a relatively um, a relatively uncomplicated expedition. You didn't need great feats of engineering or anything like that. You could do it in a brand new, unengineered Cobra without too much uh, without too much issue uh and yeah we all had a great time so uh and i'm i'm sure we there'll be shenanigans and all kinds of things like that uh going on on is it is it pomesh or is it pomichi i never know how it's supposed to be pronounced but yeah um, <laughs> you're asking me how to pronounce things <laughs> <laughs> yes. but but yeah it's it i'm sure it'll be a great time so uh, yeah be there or be square uh yeah so uh actually I think I might pop down to there just to see see what happens. Um now at the moment Commander Stroud has uh, uh Alan Stroud has gone and created a couple of YouTube videos about how he's finding getting back into the game. Um Ben, have we had any luck getting them up on YouTube yet? No, I am waiting technically they're up on YouTube, but they're private. Right. Um, for blurb from Alan to insert into it, give it a proper name because at the moment it's just called something like Alan Lave Radio Episode 1 or something like that. Maybe it should be The Stroud Struggles. <laughs> there, are, there are many things it could be called. Um, but Alan does words a lot better than I do so I'm, I'm letting him do his words and then when he's done his words I'll make them publicly available and we'll put them up on the website as well. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah, because um, Alan's been doing those for we uh, the main show's been on break of or over the over the holidays. So um, <laughs> we're very grateful to for the content, to be honest. Um, on the subject of more content, we have the Sagittarius Eye, issue 28. It's going to go up to a podcast on Wednesday, the 2nd of September at HTTP podcast.sagittariuseye.com. Now, I wonder if there's anybody around here who could give us more details. Mac. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am now the new Dread Pirate Roberts of of Sagittarius I, in other words, new chief editor. We have had, I mean, probably a lot of, a few, most people, some people, I don't know, uh, I don't know how many, uh, I've sort of been trying to get the next episode out. So, uh, but anyway, uh, the, we, we've had a bit of a change uh, due to a lot of real life issues, which, um, uh, which inevitably crop up. Uh, unfortunately, we, we just don't have the bandwidth to do the printed edition anymore. Uh, but what we're going to do instead is now we're going to a monthly podcast. We were doing quarterly. We're going to a monthly release, so more frequent, uh, not quite as long each episode, because I, th I think the last quarterly episode was over two hours long. So we're, we're going to try and 
I think the current ones. I think the current ones about forty five. Current minutes ones forty seven minutes. I think yeah, forty seven minutes. Yeah. So um, we're, we're going to a, a monthly format now of about forty five minutes thereabouts, plus or minus a couple of minutes um, instead. So more frequent, not quite, not quite as marathon, um, a bit easier for because we're all volunteers, so we all to fit in with our real life stuff. So a bit more. Without without burning people out and that kind of thing, um, we're we're trying to trying to keep it trying to keep it fun for all listeners and and and, and uh, ourselves as well. So, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, the the big change at our end is is going to the podcast. There is there's also other there's also a few other things like uh, we we also, also get Mac, the, did you want to mention that you're now the chief editor and things like that. Yes, I I did say I'm I am the new Dread Pirate Roberts of Sagittarius I, yes. Acker chief editor. So yes, um, which has been quite instructive to me. I because uh, I, I think. Uh, well, Souverine was our, as most people probably know, was our previous chief editor. And anyway, he handed over the reins to me, and I'm just trying to get settled in. So we got we got the first one out of the way under my uh, chief editorship, which will be this one. Uh, and we're going to our release date will now be the first. What we're aiming for is the first Wednesday of each month. So just regular regular schedule like that so the first one will be well tomorrow uh wednesday the 2nd of september and so hopefully people will listen to that and enjoy it we've we've actually noticed there's been a, a steady growth in the podcast listenership and i i quite like it as a i, I like it as a format because i always you know i always, I always like leafing you know, even before i wasn't involved with the magazine so i like leafing through it but i I could never find the time to kind of just sit down and read all the articles, but the the podcast is something you can you can listen to while you play elite or drive your car or or whatever. Um, so I think it's a it's a very good format for this kind of thing. So yeah, that's basically that's basically it. That's the big change, and that's how it's that's how it's going on for from now on. However, I'll never say never again. If we if we do get enough people and time permits, we'll probably we may consider again the printed printed edition uh, probably after the Odyssey launch uh, when there's more content because we, we are still kind of in a content drought. I feel with with Elite Dangerous. There's apart from the the Odyssey sneak peeks, which aren't really, because it, if you don't know, if you never listened to the Sagile uh, podcast or read it before, it's it's all done strictly in universe. So mm. uh, we, we it's not it's not our place to talk about like dev diaries and things like that because that's not in universe. Uh, so it's actually set as a, a bit like Galnet uh, that once was. Uh, we're we're hundred percent in universe. So. We talk as we all the articles are written uh, from the perspective of it's thirty three oh six right now. It's it's September thirty three oh six, and this is this, this is, is what's happening in the galaxy today. This is this is some of the stuff that's going on and uh, and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Hit us up. We're on all the uh, podcasting, the usual podcasting platforms that are probably the same. I, probably Ben knows best which one. I can never remember which one. It's certainly on Spotify because that's where I'm. We're, we're on Spotify. We're on we're on everything. Yeah, um, basically. And also also the website. You can download an MP3 from the website. 
uh, and do it that way as well. So, and the audio is is edited by Peter Wotherspoon, so uh, you can you can expect the the same very high standards as he does for the Galnet News Digest, which will be following this show very shortly. Indeed. Um, well, moving on from there, Canon are doing a filmmaking contest that expires this Thursday and the 3rd of September. It's still open and the prize is a very nice dihydrogen monoxide Canon containment flask. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to um, HTTPS Canon.science slash news slash Gnosis competition. So, um, We'll supply a link in the show notes if you need. Um, in addition, the Burr Pit um, also dives into snippets from the interviews that haven't been mentioned by FDEV so far. Again, we'll put uh, a link to the, the latest Burr Pit in, in the show notes. And finally, Elite Week has interviewed Elite Product Manager Al Hibbard uh, for their 33rd episode. Um he makes some, I'll make some interesting comments on his take on the lore and the story in Elite Dangerous, the community setting the narrative, and that um, FDEV are working on story things behind closed doors, which should excite the community very, very soon. Um, so, actually, it's funny you should mention that because Suverine put out a, a narrative, um, a, a very large and very heartfelt post about the lack of narrative and lore that's happening in the game on the forums um, this week, which has got a lot of traction. Um, so hopefully that might go a little way to alleviate some of the, the issues. I don't know, if you, have you had a chance to listen to the interview that Kai did? Uh, I haven't yet. Um, so it's, in, it's on my... It's a very, it's a very good interview, um, just over an hour long. Um, Kai... Um, Al makes nice Babylon 5 references and things like that as well. Oh, he's gone up in my um, estimation already. <laughs> was it some, I think I'm sure the, yeah, I'm sure they're talking. There's Babylon 5 references in there. There's Expanses, Firefly references. Yeah, you know, all, all the, the good stuff. Uh, but he is majorly in favor of story, majorly into the community driven storylines. Mm hmm. So, you know, things, I think as a citation he used when Hudson Orbital was blockaded and things like that. But you could also go in and say, like, the Louvre Wars, the Lave Wars. Yeah. What's happening just now in Leasty? You know, mm. um, I will, Blizzard is asking, I will give Blizzard a link to that right now, but I'll also, that, this links will all be in the show notes, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, inter- it's interesting and exciting to say that Frontier are going to be talking about things very soon, and we shall see. Yes, that it, but it is a question of how soon is very soon, because it seems like it's been very soon or soon for it's quite a while. soon TM. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike looks it, soon. It, it's yeah. like, well, Bl- I think Blizzard's trademarked soon. Mm. Blizzard Entertainment was with, well, certainly from my point of view, with stuff from StarCraft too. Yeah. Right. Um, now, does anybody have any other business they'd just quickly like to touch on before we do the shout-outs? No, I think I'm good. Nope. Okay, then. Um, right, our shout-outs are, are a little different this this week. Um, first of all, of course, our sister station, uh, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at uh, 8.30 uh, British Summertime. 
probably for not much longer. And you can, but he's somewhere telling me not Hutton Radio just before anybody starts panicking. You can tune into them at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, they're at radio.forthemug.com. They will be for the mugging for quite some time in the future. Please ignore this. Um, for the discerning commander that likes to be shot down by Musketeer, um, or in other words, likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discordme.slash-elite-dangerous-cqc. That's all one word. Um, we do have to thank uh, Commander Card's son, um, excellent Timothy Zahn reference there, uh, for his thread um, on the forums, which um, was, was a bit of an ego boost to all of us, who said that... Um, this is the only uh, of all the commentators he's come across that our show was the only one that looked at the dev diary with a balanced view, uh, which, um, which led to some very nice comments when we were very, very appreciative of, uh, of every single one of them, to be honest. Um, we'd also like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the Twitch chat, uh, so far on the show. Thank you for all for joining us. Um, and of course, as aforementioned, we do have a Galnet news following this uh, by the wonderful Commander Wotherspoon. But that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, and they find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 British Summertime and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Mac, thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, and special thanks to today's uh, specialist, Commander Ventura. Uh, but until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous. I'm assuming we're muted now. Is your life like this? Is that what's like something of orange and certain? <laughs> <laughs> you need a safe word. Space can be done. Going to see the galaxy.
No worries, guys. Hold the thought for two seconds. I'll be right back. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? News Digest, 1st of September 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Outside help blamed for prison takeover. Engineering advances in Colonia. French racers drive buckyballer up the wall. LCU perfects collision detection system. Celebrating the newsletter. Outside help blamed for prison takeover. The prisoners have taken over the operation of the Eagle Sector Secure Facility following a year-long campaign of disobedience. The facility in the Eagle Sector IR-WD1-102 system, a neighbouring system to the Eagle's landing staging post, is the destination for commanders who are caught committing crimes on their way out to Colonia. Prison stations are normally kept stable by a regular flow of exploration data that funds the operation. However, repeated lockdowns over the past 12 months have meant that the supply of lucrative data has dried up, and it is strongly suspected that the inmates had outside help to run so-called passenger missions of secretive visitors to and from the prison. Following a large-scale breakout on the 28th of August, the system is now in a state of anarchy, with the prison wardens locked up and the prison run by inmates for inmates. The Colonia Council maintains a presence, but is unable to intervene. The inmates are reported to be happy. The authorities wish to speak to Commanders Rainbow, Jassin, Hajna, Woash, Rebel Scum and Hunter's Killers in connection with the events at the facility over the past year. Engineering advances in Colonia. Commanders in Colonia, including those belonging to the Nameless faction, have achieved another milestone in getting engineers local to Colonia capable of achieving the very best results. It takes time for engineers to gain the experience necessary to craft higher-level modifications. Commanders can help by using them. The more they practice their art, the better the engineers become. This week, Marsha Hicks gained the ability to apply Grade 5 modifications to Fragment Cannon. Although, this is so recent that it doesn't show up on Inara yet. Three of the four Colonia engineers have at least Grade 4 capabilities for all their specialisms. The exception is Yuri Ishmak, who can still only manage Grade 3 for six module types. Commanders are urged to help body snatcher Etienne Dorn to achieve Grade 5 for a detailed surface scanner and to help Petra Olmanova to max out her capabilities with chaff launchers. French racers drive buckyballer up the wall. A group of racers have come up with a plan to stop Commanders Shea Blackwood, Alec Turner and Sanderling from winning every race. The method is to hold the races entirely in French. 
the Grand Tournoi 3306 will be held from the 7th to the 13th of September and will feature five exciting races in space and in SRVs. English-speaking racers won't have any idea what's going on and the prizes will consequently go to other competitors. In unrelated news, Commander Turner has been seen driving his SRV up a vertical wall. Using a method perfected by Commander Black Maze of the Elite Racers, Commander Turner demonstrates that if you tip the SRV back more than 90 degrees, the thrusters push you against a vertical surface and give you enough grip to climb slowly up. And the Buckyball Racing Club is in the middle of another race to get some rare beverages for the Bavariga system. The trick with this race is that you have to work out in advance how long you're going to take, and you suffer a 30-minute penalty if you go over your self-declared time. It's called Real Men Race in Lederhosen, and it runs until the end of the week. LCU perfects collision detection system. Commander LCU Nofal Lightwan of Canon Interstellar claims to have developed a system for identifying well in advance when moons and planets will collide. He demonstrated his system this week, correctly identifying that moons 1A and 1B in the Sinuf WH-FC0 system would collide at 1am galactic time on the 31st of August. These moons, in fact, collide every eight days and one hour, so the next collision will be in the early morning of 8th of September. As the system is less than 1,100 light-years from Sol, it is likely to become a popular tourist attraction. Commander LCU Nofal Lightwan is currently missing, after his SRV became engulfed in crashing planets. This is not expected to have any significant impact on his research. Celebrating the newsletter. The current iteration of the Pilots' Federation has now issued 300 of its bi-weekly or bi-monthly newsletter. Let's take this opportunity to look back at where it all began, the very first newsletter. The people who wrote the newsletter were keen to let commanders know what was coming and what decisions were being made on their behalf. Features included an early look at capital ships, including possible designs for federal and imperial capital ships. Another feature was about deciding what shape the Sidewinder cockpit should be and what ship-launched fighters should be like. The newsletter also briefly touched upon how death would be handled, something that ultimately resulted in the development of the Remlock. And there was a commitment to making sure that commanders were kept informed of the history of the galaxy and kept up to date with current events. So it was just like one of the modern newsletters, but without a free ASP Explorer paint job. In related news, one of the Pilots' Federation member liaison team, Bruce Garrido, said last week that he was aware that the current lack of information coming from Galnet is causing concern in the rank and file of the organisation, and that he and other member relation managers have been campaigning to have Galnet reinstated. He would, he said love to give us all the news that Galnet will resume publication. Well, let's hope that Galnet may soon be able to give us that news for itself. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. 